morning, everyone. Thank you for saying hi. I'm going to open this up for her, and we'll begin. Father in heaven, help us today, bless us as we come together and worship you. Bless us as we read the scriptures and pray together. Help us be more conformed to the likeness of your son. Give us grace. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you would please turn to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to break this up into a few pieces, all right? And what I want each group to do is to discuss each piece together, all right? And uh, after we get for all of them, what we'll want to discuss is what is trying to be said, all right, in this section. And then after the first one, we're going to ask what is trying to be said and... Where, where is the ultimately the author going? Where is he coming from and where is he going? What is the larger theme of the song? We'll just start by reading it. Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those that fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Alright, so let's discuss, alright, in your groups, the first uh, the first verse. Alright, here's the opening. What is the psalmist trying to say? I'll give you a minute and a half. Read it together and discuss. Okay, what is the first verse saying? What's what's what is true based on the first verse? Glory, glory belongs to God. 
All glory, all glory becomes to God and or you know belongs to God and no one else. What else? Anything? Our group notice, just based on like your Bible translation, my translation says specifically give glory for mercy and truth, but different translations say different things. So it's interesting, like picking out attributes, but they're different. Translation is hard. Yeah, you all, you all see some of these words translated differently, and uh, that's a bigger problem in my experience in the Old Testament than you. For mercy, uh, in the bit that says loving kindness, so I think that's pretty equitable. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes they match really well, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you'll get some things in the past tense where some will put them in the present. Sometimes they'll be commands, sometimes they won't be commands. Sometimes it is difficult. What else from this one? Yes, Chip? Yeah. Oh, since we're just beginning, the NIV has an interesting uh, note about this, this song. It says, uh, it was composed as a liturgy of praise for temple worship. It may have been written at the written for use at the dedication of the second temple. Okay. That is uh, that is an interpretive note. Uh, it is? Yeah, it's totally interpretive note. There's nothing in the song itself that says. Um, it's, it's, this one is actually kind of hard to date because it can actually fit well, it in the number to of Ezra 6, 16. Yeah. And the introduction to Psalms 113. Yeah, it is actually reasonable conjecture. Okay. Yeah. But not is, is not actually something within the, the text itself. Yeah? But it is a very reasonable conjecture. Well, the Lord has a lot of attributes, but those seem to be at the top. They do, and let's use that thought and go in and bring in verses two and three. All right. Because contextually, though it might be used in temple worship, all right, uh, let's get the driving force of why the psalmist cares about the loving kindness, or if there's anything more specific that would cause him to care about the loving kindness slash mercy slash steadfastness slash faithfulness of the Lord. Verses 2 and 3, if you would discuss that and then relate it to the first one. What, does ver what do verses 2 and 3 contribute to the development of the thought in the song. What do they mean and what do they contribute? I think they clarify something in verse 1. Yeah? I think they contribute to why, another reason why we should give God glory because he does all that he pleases um, in addition to his love and faithfulness. Okay, so there's a statement about the omnipotence of God. Whatever he wants to do, he does. Okay. Agreed, 100%. Why does the psalmist care? Well, in other words, that's right. What's the problem? Or, in other words, why would somebody say, where is their God? The other nations yeah, can yeah. hold their gods in their hands and say, look, here's our God, and why, you know, where is their God? I mean, okay. Okay. But he's kind of setting up the rest of the song. Yes. To, for 
I think there's there's ultimately two things. One of them is looking forward, all right, which is something that's been noticed by a number of people, right? There's a contrast between visible God versus visible idols. All right, that's where we're going. Um, what would be another reason the pagans would say, where is your God? Bad things are happening to yes. God's people. Right. Because this is something that they would say, right? If, if Israel is going and conquering you, they're not going to go, where's your God? They're going to go, we're sorry, right? Your God is conquering us through you, all right? So this is a, a question. This is something that will be brought up in the context of, you are weak. We are crushing you, all right? Where is your God? Okay. Yes, Phil. Is that something, we weren't sure if this is connected, but... When he's asking for God's name to be glorified, like for the sake of what you're doing, even though we're bad, mm -hmm. it'll reflect poorly on you, on God, yes. if you were crushed. Mm -hmm. And this comes out in the prophets. And I and I do think, all right, thank you for pointing that out. I definitely think that's something that's going on here. You'll definitely see this, for example, in Ezekiel, right? Because in the context of Ezekiel, the southern kingdom is in exile at that point. And part of it is an understanding and a plea to God, save your people, not because we're great, right, but because you're great, right? Because you have a relationship with us, and if you don't save us, we can't get saved, all right? And if you don't save us, you look bad because you have a relationship with us. And so, yes, I think once you, you don't necessarily see it in verse 1 unless you're just used to that language in the prophets. But I think you definitely see it when you combine the two because you have a statement of, all right, give yourself glory, God, all right, make your glory great, show your loving kindness, all right. Now the critique of the enemy. They, they say you don't exist. They say you're weak. They say you're not there. They say you can't be seen. Even though the statement is true that he actually can do anything he wants. All right? It's a perception problem that the psalmist is talking about. Make them perceive what we know to be true, which is that you are, in fact, great. Yeah. Anything else about verses 2 and 3? Okay, let's move on. Verses 4 through 8. Their idols of silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see, they have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell, they have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. Discuss. Longer selection here. What's the big idea? He's contrasting his God versus their gods. Okay. And uh, what's the difference? Our God can do. Yeah. Couldn't be more different. Couldn't be more different. Our God can do whatever He pleases, but 
gods can't do these basic things that even a human could do. Right. The culmination seems to be in verse 8. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, the, say, say what you said again. Our, our God can do whatever he pleases, but their gods can't do these like basic things that even a human you would expect to be able to do. Right, so it's like it's like the idols are, they're not even, they're less than humans, right? They're not even living. They're not even living. What a, what a critique, yeah. right? Of our God can do anything, all right? I mean, you say you can see your gods, that's great. They are not even as capable as you are. You know? You had to make them. You had to make them, right? Now, I don't... Not not all pagans would have actually looked at it quite that way. They'd be like, well, this is like a vessel for the god to come dwell in, all right? Um, so it's they weren't, they weren't all that naive, all right? But from the psalmist, they're like, but that's not a thing, all right? This is not, all right, this is not a... This is not a statement, all right? I don't... This is not a statement that there are no demons. This is not a statement that there are no malevolent spiritual forces behind and related to your country. All right? It's actually very clear biblically that those things exist and are there. All right? Then what is the statement he's making? What are the implications of that? If, okay, there might be spiritual beings there that are behind you, that are malevolent, that are evil, that are leading you astray, what's the relationship between those things and the idols themselves? I think the implication is, all right, that there, you can't just make a god do what you think, all right? There's something in paganism, all right? There's something in paganism where they believe they can manipulate the gods, all right? This says something bad about those gods, right? If you can manipulate if you can manipulate something to make it do what you want, then that thing is lesser than you, right? That thing is lesser than you. That's not how the psalmist looks at things, all right? The psalmist looks at, and the Christian the Jew, all right, they view God as extremely different than us, much greater than us. We can be obedient to him, but God does not have to do anything. We cannot manipulate them. What's the source of the good things that come from come to us? It's back to verse one. It's loving kindness. It's mercy. It's his benevolence, not our ability to manipulate. All right, that's something different here. It's all right. We need to channel that, you know, Moloch power. All right, let's make a physical thing. All right. And let's have a ritual and bring the God into this physical thing. And the psalmist is like, it, it doesn't work that way. All right? It's not, they really couldn't. I think, I mean, they apparently believed that they could control those demonic beings. But if the demonic beings are the way that the Bible teaches, actually the demonic beings are not weak. They're potentially highly intelligent. They're potentially very powerful. Which means they aren't actually manipulative or man, ma- manipulatable necessarily. 
but they would be themselves very manipulative. And so it's it's like when um, it's like in Jude, all right? Like in Jude, should you be insulting Satan? All right? It's a, and, and it's like no, actually Satan is more powerful than you. This is true of the demons. All right? They are more powerful than you, but they are not more powerful than God. That's one of the major points here. So their whole idea of how God works, that you can create a physical thing, I don't know, capture that God in that thing, all right, and through your sacrifices manipulate the thing, that is an extremely pagan idea. The Greeks did it. The Romans did it. It's very normal. And it is also false. All right. So I think that's one of the implications here of God can't be seen also not something we can make do anything. We depend on loving kindness. Now, Medina, let's go towards the... Where does the end take us? I think you're right. The, the climax of this particular thing is right there at the end. Where, where do you think? Because you mentioned that that's where that is. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of who they are. They're Okay, so they're trusting in nothing, right? Because they can't control the gods that they worship. Right? Some of them that they worship might not exist. Some of them are there, but they can't control them. So what is the nature of this? This is part of it. Is What's the problem here? Yeah. Well, those who make them become like them, they get so wrapped up in their idol worship, they don't see what's going on, they don't hear what's going on, they don't realize that... They're throwing things, their their wishes, their wants, their their needs to nothing, to something that can't hear, smell, taste, feel, and they become like that. They just I think you can take this two ways, and I think that's one of them, right? Which uh, is certainly true. You know, ultimately, we all become what we worship, ultimately, right? If you, if you put all of your efforts and desires and dependencies upon an idol, all right, that's where your focus is, and you, your focus will change how you think, all right, which will not work out, all right. Yeah, Chip. It's important that gods are formed from gold and silver, representing great wealth and rise military and political power. True. Often they would. Many of them were just clay and, and dirt. Israel, Israel doesn't have gods of gold and silver. They're weak. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Thank you for making that point. In the ancient world, they were often all sorts of things, right? The poor would have poor idols. Which would be just made of wood or, or stone, stone, right? Here, we're talking fancy idols. You're, you're right. That's talking about power and riches and, by extension, military might. That's a good point. Thank you. It seems like that they're he's making a big point that they're not alive. They don't move. They don't breathe. They don't speak. They don't mm-hmm. walk. And you're going to become like that. In the end, you're going to become like them because you depend on them. You will become. You will be killed. I think that 
is a part of this critique. Yeah. Now, anything else from this particular section? Okay, let's continue on with the song. Um, let's go all the way through 15, 9 through 15. I'm going to take that back, 9 through 16. Read and discuss. I'll, I'll start by reading. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those that fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth is given to the children of men. For Alright, discuss. Alright, what's this particular section or multiple sections about, depending on how you divide it? Please repeat your question. This section, big ideas. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Who? Who should trust in the Lord? Israel should trust in the Lord. Note the progression here, all right? Israel, Aaron, now unnamed. Is there any significance in the progression? It goes all the way down to great and small. Everybody should trust them because God is amazing. In verse 13, right? He blessed those who fear the Lord, both small and great. What about what, what about Israel, Aaron? What's the direct what, what's going on there? Is there any significance there? Is it just poet, poetic license? We got a we got a song here, all right. So a psalm is a psalm is was meant to be sung, right? So it would be Israel, uh, the children of Israel, uh, God's chosen people, mm -hmm. uh, the son of the house of Aaron, which were the priests. Mm -hmm. And then those that fear the Lord, both small and great, those who are not Israel or priests, mm -hmm. so the Gentiles. I would totally imagine reading a church father talking about this this and going, this last one's about me. 100% with you. I can totally imagine him, him doing that. Israel, specifically the, the part of Israel that is uh, running the worship of Israel. And anyone who fears the Lord, including the Gentiles, yeah. anyone who fears the Lord, right, trust in the Lord. Why should we trust in the Lord, according to those first three verses? All right, he is their help and their shield. Why? Because of his, going back to verse 1, because of his steadfast love and faithfulness. And then, what else? Well, you can still contrasting the, the power of God versus the, the alternative. 
He's true. In what way? Anything he wants. Mm-hmm. Easily, you know. The, the idols, they, they're dead. They did not. Trust in the Lord, O Israel. He is your shield. So God is actually a help and a shield. The idols, you think they are, but they're actually not. They can't do anything, they can't move. Totally right. So Medina made a point about they capitalize every um, letter in the word Lord, meaning mm-hmm. that they're specifying Jehovah mm-hmm. as apart from the other gods. I think that is a fine point. Yeah, it's it's a way of specifically saying we're talking about the God in which we are having we are in a covenant relationship with. Right? Yes, totally true. Eric, yes. Weren't they conquered, sent into exile from their idol worship in the first place? They were. So this whole idol worship thing is not just a look at those pagans, look at the problems they have. It's also a you're you're exactly right. Why did exile happen? Because of their idolatry. It was a temptation for them as well. Who who doesn't get tempted to focus on what they can see versus what they can't see? And they had that problem. Yeah. I, I think probably Medina's point is very important because one of the contrasts here is between the seen and an unseen God. And so they could say, that's my God right there. Where's yours? Mm-hmm. And so if you can't see him, then you need to be very specific about what you're talking about. If you're talking about something somebody can't see. Yeah. And so in the history of the Hebrews, they talk about a specific God who is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And they're very clear to make sure they identify who they're praying to. Mm-hmm. And that's also important because... It's not like the ancient world thought that the, that the gods didn't exist unless they were in an idol. Right? They believed that they existed outside the idol. That's why they had rituals to try to get them into the idol so they could like, focus and use it. Um, that they had to specify. Right? Moloch had a name. Baal had a name. All right? And we don't mean those. We mean specifically the god that talked to Moses. All right, and then brought us out of Egypt. The God that talked to Abraham. Yeah. What else was this? I noticed in verses 12 through 15, he's contrasting Jehovah with the idols, and that Jehovah remembers and he blesses and he gives. So the idols can't do anything, but God does these very personal things. They actually do nothing. God does great things for us. In verse 14, we switch from fact to what? Verse 12 and 13 are, well, 12 is, he has remembered us. All right? 12, continue, he will, he will. 13, he will. 14, at least in the ESV, we now switch. Past tense, future tense, future tense, now, may, at least in the ESV. It's like a blessing. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a prayer. May the Lord give you increase. All right? There's a prayer and a blessing. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made 
heaven and earth. All right. So this ties back into what verse? <coughs> Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. All right. Verse 3. But yeah, ties back to the beginning. Now, in the ESV, all right, they, they have verse 16 uh, chunked with what comes after it. Paragraph breaks. They're, they're difficult, all right? I chose not to, actually, which is why I had you discuss verse 16. Um, why? Why would you link it with what comes before, but why would you might maybe link it with what comes later? Think through the flow of the argument. Talking about what you can't see versus what you can't see. Similar. You, you, you can't see the heavenly realm, but you can see the pulse from heaven. And what... What about what came before it makes it go with that versus what's what, what, what versus what comes after? You can see the blessings he gives you he increases uh, say when he yeah give you increase so they they would say look at all my cows I have so many cows because God blessed me I can see those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in the in the previous verse is like. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. When it's talking about that blessing, it's talking about the physical blessings. It's talking about the thing, the good things you have. All right, you have them because God is gracious to you. All right, and this is not just to all believers. All right, the physical blessings that anyone has, whether they recognize it or not, are there because God has been gracious to them. All right. There's a general level of mercy that God has with the entire world, right? And this is why not giving thanks is a sin, because God gives good things to everyone, and they ought to recognize that. Now, in this case, that's what those two verses are for. This is why I feel like I have to link it with what comes before, because the next one is, once again, it's another reference to heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heaven, but the earth he has given to the children of man. And that's the context in which God gives his blessings. So, but paragraph breaks are hard. So the idols, when people, you know, the description of the idols, how they can't do anything, but those who become, those who um, make them become like them. So, like, the idol makers didn't didn't physically become blind or mute. Mm -hmm. So... It's a spiritual thing, so um, I guess, so maybe that's, like if Israel is going to turn their focus to idols, they'll become blind to the fact that the blessings are coming from God, and then going back to the first verse, they, they wouldn't give him glory, he wouldn't get the glory for the things that he's doing, because they wouldn't recognize it, because they're, I guess, I think that's I think that's there. I think that's true and I think that's there. I think there's also another piece to it, which is to depend on the idols, you're gonna become like the idols, meaning you're gonna become dirt in the end, ultimately. You're gonna be dead 
you're not going to be able to do what you'll, you'll be able to do what they can do, which is nothing. Uh, so I think both of those things are there. I think it's a valid question which one is more in the um, mind of the psalmist. And on that note, let's look at the last two verses. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Okay, what does it mean? All right. What, if, what does it mean? And how does it now relate to the rest of the song? Think about it, discuss it in your groups. All right, last two verses. Let's bring this let's bring this home. Yeah, Mike? Can, can I disagree with you? Yes. I think verses 1 through 3 is the introduction to the psalm. Mm-hmm. And he's laying out, God needs to be praised because God is in the heavens. Mm-hmm. I think he summarizes the whole psalm in 16 through 18. He says, the heavens are God's, the earth is given to the children of man. The dead are not going to praise him. We are. I think not having verse 16 in there, you lose. Why is he saying verse 17 and 18? I actually think that's that's a really good point, and tying it in with the first three verses, right? I, I, I think that is a fine point. Hmm. I want to stop. No, but you're, it's, a, it's a fantastic point. What else can we say about this? I mean, is he right? Since we have the benefit of having New Testament inside, sort of like revealed, maybe they wouldn't even have a way to understand what they were. Psalmists wouldn't have been able to really understand fully what he's writing. But if you're dead, you can't praise God. But we're going to praise forevermore. There's an implication that we're not going to be dead. Yeah. Did he understand it? Right. That's part of the question. I don't think so. Right. But. Going back to a, if you're a Christian later on and you're reading this, you definitely say, we know more than they knew, right? Um, and it's not uncommon, all right? We, we talked about this when we were talking about uh, you know, Solomon and Ecclesiastes. Solomon did not know what happened when he died. He explicitly said it. I just don't know, all right? No one can know. He's right. No one can know unless it gets revealed. And it was later revealed. But the psalmist here, he's like, dead can't praise you, all right? But this weird tension of, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Is it simply through the fact that we're just going to keep making babies, yeah. all right? And it says bless the babies, the children. Yeah, I think that's going to be an element to that. How? And we... And honestly, we don't disagree with, with this at all, right? Why does worship happen on the earth? Because the church continues. If the church were to go away, all right, which we do not believe can happen, then what would happen? Well, the worship of God would disappear, all right? And so it's not necessarily just a physical lineage that does it, but it is the responsibility of the people to carry on, all right? That is a job that we are ultimately we, we must continue doing, all right? 
continuing to praise God. I think it goes back to the a full circle that he's going to be our shield and protector, and we're going to preserve forever, forever and ever. I mean, it's whether it's personally or as a group, you know. Yes. Going back to the God for your own name. For your own name, right? Basically keep us alive, right? Because if ultimately you let us loose, then where will your worshipers be? Well, they will be ultimately, ultimately dead. Yeah. I would think that the way that I understood it would be physical offspring. Because you have echoes of Eden. God creates Adam and gives him basically the title to the earth Mm -hmm. and says, fill it. Mm -hmm. And so that would have been the dominion mandate, dominate the earth. That's your your ruling earth for me. Mm -hmm. And and how do you do that? God tells him, fill it. Mm -hmm. And fill it with worshipers, then worship will persist. Yes. Agree? But we also know there's more to it, right? Because of later revelation. Let's end by reading through it again. And as you read it, all right, I want you to think about there's lots of repetition, there's lots of parallel, all right? The parallels can sometimes be building or, or even contrasting, but often they're just restatements. Let's read through it. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. There's two sets of parallels there. Why would the nations say, where is their God? Answer, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Notice in those, the parallels, the first for verse two, it's two things the nations, two things about the nations, verse three is two things ultimately about God. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. And this one kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, right? Probably intentionally, right? And they do not make sound in their throat, right? It's without parallel. Parallel, 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 oddball. Probably to bring attention is my thought. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in in them to parallel. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. For he is their help and their shield. Three verses repeating. Tweak slightly. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. This is three repetitions, but also a repetition, a full repetition of the previous paragraph, right? Because once again, it's Israel, Aaron, those who fear the Lord, repeated in two chunks. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth, all right? 14, those two are exactly parallel. 15, why are those together? May you be blessed by the Lord. Well, in contrast to the idols, well, he made heaven and earth. He can obviously bless you. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth has been given to the children of man. 
All right? Dominion. God's dominion. All right? He lives in the heavens. All right? Does he rule in the earth? Yes, he does. But he also gave man to rule in the earth. All right? Do we rule in the heaven? All right? Later on, right, we do sit at the right hand of Christ, all right, judging and ruling. But ultimately in the resurrection, once again, back to the earth. The dead do not praise Yahweh, nor do any who go down into the silence. Parallel. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Chip, you pray for us, please. Blessing of thy word this morning. Love it to us. Help us to learn. Now we go to our sanctuary to worship in truth. Be listening to the soul. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.